This episode of Inquisitive is brought to you by Squarespace and Lynda.com. My name is Guy English, and I'm here to speak to you about Nebraska. is not my favorite album and i reject the entire premise of your show please please elaborate (laughs) no not really not really but uh well i just don't know if you can have a favorite album right so but i do well you're not the first person to have this like concern and and i totally understand it because i with my favorite album it's a little bit like i know it is right now at least one that i would put my name to and it, I think I would say, like, that is my favorite album, but I know that that is going to change. It has changed. But it's like, it's the one that I would say, yeah, I'll put my name to that one. Right. Okay, so Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska is an album I want people to listen to. Sure. And I want through that, if they haven't listened to his other albums, to actually, or even if they have, to, to be able to sort of... um be able to better ca- characterize his songwriting and his, you know, the way he approaches music. Well, you've definitely succeeded on that point with one person. So you liked it? I loved it. Awesome. Because I've never really listened to any Springsteen. Right. Like, I know, you know, I know the big songs, like everybody knows, because they just enter into, like, pop culture. You can't not. I but, mean, yeah, they're the most American thing. And I don't, neither of us are American. That's the, that's the other yeah. kind of reason I want to do this. Why? Like, what What happened with it? It wasn't at all what I expected, because right. it felt painfully sad. It, um, it is. Yeah. And that, you know, because every other, I think every other Bruce, Steen, Bruce Springsteen song that pops into my head is like, it feels like you're running down a highway at like 200 miles an hour, you know? Like, it's this yeah. pumping thing, you know, like America, right? It's like, yeah. you know, this big, loud, fast, brash, incredible thing. But this is, like all of the songs that I wrote down, and we'll talk about specific songs in a bit, but everything that I really liked was extremely stripped back and kind of just felt sadness like I've not really heard in music, I think. Yeah, that's kind of fair to say. This is his sixth album, I think. I'm trying to place it. It's a, yeah, sixth album. Um and it was recorded as a demo that he would then take the, to the E Street Band uh, to make it rock and roll. And But what you're going to find now is when you listen to him do those other songs that you're familiar with, they are all incredibly sad. Like, the songwriting is remarkable. Like, and it just, it really touched, it's super touching. And a lot of it get, gets covered in, like, a bravado of rock and roll. And until you've heard Nebraska, which has nothing on it, it's like raw lyrics in a lot of ways, like just music, like basic music, four track music and like the lyrics. And once you've heard that, when you go back to listen to uh, Born in the USA or Born to Run or I don't know why I'm picking Born songs, but <laughs> like if you go and listen to like any of other songs, uh, you're... Uh, you can't help but see them in the light 
that Nebraska frames him. Why is this album different? And why did why is it as it is as opposed to the other albums? Um, so he recorded it in his bedroom on a four track, like kind of a primary four track, and he recorded it as a demo. Like this was not meant to be an album. This was meant to be his sixth rock and roll album. This was after The River, uh, which had about 20 songs on it, and before Born in the USA. And if you listen to Born in the USA and The River, there's a lot of similarities. It's even like we use lyrics and kind of like like similarly um, – I don't want to say depressing, but like um, – well fleshed out Americana of the time sort of um, slices of life kind of stories. Mm-hmm. Um, like Born in the, so there's plenty of songs on Nebraska that mirror sort of Born in the USA. Born in the USA is like a flag waving, awesome rock and roll song. But if you listen to it, it's horrible. It, you know, like it's. There's about the, the fallout of the Vietnam War and the, the disenfranchisement of like an entire generation of people, the struggles of the late 70s, early 80s kind of thing in, in, in the U.S. Um, and Nebraska really has that in spades. Uh, but Born in the USA got away with it a bit because of the rock and roll music and the kick-ass, like, over-the-top nationalism of it. Uh, but Nebraska just doesn't do that. It, it, there's an, uh, almost nothing to it, which I really love. So he recorded it and then decided that, like, he didn't want to go to the E Street Band and, like, rock it out. He was like, this, it's good like it is. And so he released it on September 30th, my birthday, by the way. Oh, look at that. Yeah, 1982. So is this, and I feel like this is a, like a a leading question, but I don't intend it to be. This album has such, you know, that style, that sad style. Is that indicative of the type of music that you like, or is this a, like does is this like a standalone in that kind of idea? Do you like sad music? Like, are you a blues guy? Uh, I like. This is why I'm saying like I can't pick a favorite album. Like, do I want to when I'm happy in the morning and I wake up? It's like, do I want to put on a basket? No. The first song is about, well, it's, uh, oh man, I'm going to blank on the guy's name. It's a real murderer who goes on a killing spree. Right. Uh, but okay. it's, it's basically for the listeners. It's natural born killers, effectively. Uh, except way better than that movie was. Um, I just, there's like eight people who hate me now. Um, no, I'm not a sad person and I don't always listen to sad things. There's so much, there's so many other albums I'd like to listen to, but and I'm glad this happened with you. I want people to listen to this album so that they can understand why Bruce Springsteen is Bruce Springsteen, like why he's the boss. He's the most American. He's he's like Superman and Captain America roll into one in a lot of ways, and it has <laughs> absolutely nothing to do with being jingoistic or waving the flag. It has to do with capturing the um, the lives of a section of America, right? Like Bruce did it amazingly well for his time and space. The, um, 
there's a bunch of hip hop that does it similarly. There, there, there's a few other songs. There's a few other albums too. But like, Bruce for a while was America, and what America was was not pretty. And that's kind of what this album captures. Is so I'm assuming then that you are a big Springsteen fan. Yes. Were you drawn to him because of this style of music, or were you originally drawn to him because of like the fun rock and roll stuff? I so I'd heard the fun rock and roll stuff, but I didn't really like it. I remember being ten, I guess, because it was '84. Uh, right. Born in the USA was being used for the Reagan um, election campaign. Sure. And then Bruce Springsteen had to a yell at him because he didn't license it because. I don't know. That's still common. I don't understand how you can run a political campaign and not license a song. And B had to point out that it's like, uh, this is not good. This like, it's very anti-Vietnam War. It's very anti-basically everything that Reagan was doing. And I kind of discounted Bruce Springsteen for a lot. Like, kind of like you, I'd heard a lot of the songs growing up, but I didn't get to him until early 90s kind of thing. Uh, by that point, you know, I'd heard, like the, you know, uh, I wasn't a huge fan yet of the, the Pixies, but the Pixies were there. I mean, I'd grown up, like, there was, like, Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and uh, uh, Sonic Youth I'd been listening to by that point. Um, Neil Young, like a lot of rock and roll, Neil Young. Um, Elvis Costello was, like, huge for me. Uh, but I never saw Springsteen like on that level. I just saw him as like a big old, old rock and roll guy. Uh, my friend Pete, Peter, um, was a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, and I couldn't understand it. Um, like he's he's a musician too, actually, and uh, so he 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 was like, "Look, I'm gonna make you listen to Nebraska, and then you're gonna have a better appreciation for it." And so I did, and I listened to it, and the 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 songwriting and the, the the storytelling, especially the storytelling, really came through to me. And through that window, I I could appreciate his other music like much much more. Um, so I didn't come to it. I got kind of put. It was presented to me like it. Yeah. yeah. And my 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 buddy Pete actually he went on to. Uh, Bruce Springsteen played here in Montreal and he like he, he went to like the back entrance of like the the uh Plastis era like where he was playing this was like many years later um and there was like two couples and 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 Pete hanging out and Bruce comes out the back and they're talking to him for a little bit and everybody's like super excited and um Bruce is like okay I got to go so he he the girl's like, can you give me a kiss? So they give, he gives the two girls a kiss, but there's only Pete. Like he, so Pete's like, can I have a kiss? <laughs> he gave him a kiss. He kissed Bruce Springsteen, which is, I, I love it. It's awesome. Um, I don't want to be left out. <laughs> no, that's it. Yeah. It, it was so like, it's not like anybody was making out, but it was like, just, it was awesome. That's awesome. Um, years later, he's gone on to, he's played on stage with them now and he's, Bruce has gone to his shows and stuff. So that guy had, he had a love of Bruce and he spread the religion and it's paid off for him. So, yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, it's in your spreading it now 
for him as well. Yeah, and I'm doing it the way that uh, it's Pete, Peter Elkis. Go buy his albums. You can find them on iTunes. Uh, grew up with them. You can, like, I'm basically doing it the, the, the way he introduced me to it. Because he could tell that I was, like, kind of stuck. Like, I wanted the better songwriting and, and storytelling. And I couldn't hear it through the, like, the, the rock and roll presentation of the E Street Band. Which I've, I mean, I enjoyed the music, but I never bothered actually understanding what was being said, so... Okay, let me just take a break here and thank our friends over at lynda.com for supporting this week's episode of Inquisitive. lynda.com is the online learning platform that has over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. You can get yourself a free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com slash inquisitive. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash inquisitive. Lynda.com is for problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. Maybe you're looking to master Excel, maybe you want to learn how to develop with Android Wear, maybe you're looking at getting started in design and you want to know about typography or color. Maybe you really want to understand how to use IFTTT and get it to do some amazing things in your life. Maybe you're looking to build a website, Photoshop, no matter what you're looking for, lynda.com is there to help you and to feed your curious mind. You'll be able to watch these courses. They're all made by top experts. They're really passionate about teaching. All of these great videos are made by people who really, really care about teaching you something awesome. You can stream them on demand on your laptop and you can follow along with the great transcripts that they have. You can even watch them on the go with your iPhone and Android device. You can even download the courses as well so you're able to learn wherever you want. You can also watch these videos in any order that you like. They're all broken down into bite-sized chunks and you can create playlists to put any courses from any little module and anything in any kind of order that you like so you can watch on your own terms and in your own way and you're also able to send these over to your friends, colleagues and team members as well so they can learn along with you with the same courses that you're taking. Your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics for just one flat rate. This really is an awesome deal and if you are somebody who's trying to get started with a business or you're looking to to try and get a promotion at work, you need some new skills, or you've got a little hobby that you've always been after. Lynda.com is there to help you. Maybe you want to be an expert in an industry, or you're just really passionate about a hobby, or maybe you're looking to learn something new. Go ahead and visit lynda.com slash inquisitive, and you'll be able to sign up for your free 10-day trial. Thank you so much to lynda.com for supporting this week's episode. Do you listen to this album a lot? Like, is this something that you listen to frequently or is there, like, specific reasons for why you might put it on? I used to listen to it quite a lot. But, I mean, that would, I don't know, 10, some odd years ago, I would listen to it quite often. Um, there's a bunch of albums that are that are just kind of come back all the time. Uh, Sonic Youth, Daydream Nation, a couple of Tom, like, Rain Dogs, Tom Waits ones. Uh, big Time is probably the big, big one. Uh, Russ Never Sleeps. There's a bunch of albums that are just kind of timeless for me. Like, they just keep coming back. But when you asked me to do the show, I was trying to... I want somebody to do the Velvet Underground one. Because that album changed the world, really. Like, it changed rock. Yeah. Oh, you know? I, yeah, I, that's I, surprising me, actually. No, that's not even come up yet. Like, nobody's even mentioned it to me in their contention. Yeah. They should have. Like, it was definitely on my mind. I mean, you know, like, I wasn't super sure. And uh, people, so, so the reason people should do that is, like, it sold, like, 
I forget what it is. There's an old adage that it sold like 100 copies, but everybody that bought it went out and started the band because it's just that influential, the original Velvet Underground one album. Um, and I thought Nebraska was like, A, I like it. There's a lot of really great things that that, uh, that I enjoy it well. I don't know if enjoy is the right word, but that I appreciate about it. Um because you don't come out of this album feeling awesome. <laughs> but um, but B, it's like, uh, given the opportunity, it's almost, maybe this is like an Eat Your Wheaties episode of Inquisitive. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe it's time to sort of, I, and there's been a lot of good ones. You started off with... Uh, Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds, exactly. I was going to call it Pet Boys, and I'm like, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> Pet Boys, but Beach Boys sounds one of those things. Yeah, but yeah, but Faith did like a great job, and I was like, this is awesome. I love this concept, you know. Um, I know John Syracuse. I think he even mentioned Bruce Springsteen. He did a U two one. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to have heard him talk about Bruce Springsteen. It's hard though. Because it's very heartfelt, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, you can't really dissect this kind of thing. You can't really say what's good about it. So, if anything, this album, it, like, it, Bruce was on top of the world. And then he stepped back and did this album in his bedroom. When everybody was expecting, like, another amazing uh, rock and roll album. Do you know much about how it was received? Uh, it was received pretty well. That's yeah. my understanding. Yeah, well, because when... When he came on the scene in 73 with um, uh, The Shuffle, what was it called? Uh, the E Street, I don't know, there's like eight words in the title, whatever, The E Street Shuffle, like that that album. Uh, he shocked everybody. It was like, whoa, holy cow, this is like a whole new take. It's like still fun. It's like fun rock and roll, but it was a massive take. And since then, like after that, he's kept refining and refining for like five albums up 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 until the river in 80, 1980, like two years before this one. And people kind of expected more of the same, like more of a, uh, like that very rock and roll kind of, you're getting polished, you're getting better at doing what you do kind of thing. And so when Nebraska came out, it, to my understanding, shocked uh, the, the, you know, the music world, the, the people that, especially the people that kind of review it because they weren't expecting that kind of thing. And it's recorded on a kind of a crummy four track in his bedroom. Uh, when you're backed by the East Street Band, who are awesome, like the fact that you just put out an album without them, like there's no fight or anything. It wasn't like they had a breakup. It was just like, ah, I've got this one, guys. Uh, it was shocking in every way. And you've heard the album, like it's haunting. You could not have done this album without it almost being just recorded straight to cassette, right? Yeah. Um, so people were like, okay, it, in a way, for a lot of people, probably the more, um, I don't want to use the word cerebral, but the, but the, the kind of people who would want to categorize one band or one act into, uh, like a poppy act or, like a more serious musician kind of thing. I think this clearly put Bruce Springsteen into the more serious musician category. Because it does one of those things, you see it every now and then, right? Where it's like, you know me for this one thing, and this is the type of music that I make, but I can do this 
Like, this is something I can do. It was like um, Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember she did a uh, Radio 1 Live Lounge, which is a thing in the UK, BBC Radio 1, mm-hmm. where um, artists do either different versions of their songs or they do covers of other people's songs. And I can't remember the song that it was that she did, but she did an acoustic version cover. And it was one of those things where people were like, oh, she actually has a lot of talent. Yeah. Yeah. But she chooses to make the type of music that she makes. You might not like it, so you perceive it as, oh, she's just another pop star. Right. But she's actually, like, incredibly talented, and she was, like, playing the piano whilst, like, singing this song. And it was, you know, one of those yeah. types of things where you're like, oh, this person's really good at what they do. Yeah. Like, a lot of a lot of these acts, it's, some of it is manufactured, but a lot of the time, like, these people work hard and they've got the chops, right? And it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to tell the thing. I mean, she did a at least one, if not two, albums with um, Tony Bennett. Am I going crazy? Yeah, Tony Bennett. Yeah, it was with Tony Bennett. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of cool. Like, yeah. But so for Nebraska, I wouldn't say that it was totally... Nebraska is what Bruce Springsteen's catalog is built upon, right? Um, mm-hmm. His baseline is like Woody Guthrie. Um, like if you think of him as like a like a like a, a dish or a food, there's like rice and all that. And his rice is like the the Woody Guthrie sort of uh, way of looking at America, the the sort of the protest of it. Um, uh, you know, this land is your land. This land is my land. It's like that kind of. Uh, the appreciation of stuff. Uh, John Prine, at the same time. If people haven't heard of John Prine, please go listen to John Prine. Um, there's a, like, he's informed and by, by so much of this kind of stuff that when you hear Nebraska, it doesn't feel like he's putting on airs. It just feels that he's like, he just decided to put out a folk album and it was old school folk. It was not like he didn't do anything to it. It was, if anything, he pared it back down to be as, as much of an homage to, to the people that he, um, was inspired by earlier, uh, as it was like his own work. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I don't like, it wasn't a trick. You know what I mean? It's not like he's like, well, now I'm going to be a DJ because the Beastie Boys album, uh, License to Ill came out. A couple of years later, like, but it, like he could have done, like maybe he could have done License to Ill. It was not that, you know. It was like let's. It, it was really it was like a paring it down to the bare minimum to like the 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 core of what his music was about. This is such like a a bad comparison, but it makes me think of like the most recent Mumford and Sons album. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, you know, this is something completely different to what you expected, and there's, you know, the reason that they did it, I assume, is so they don't get too characterized, and and people understand that they have different layers to their musical ability, right? So they went from making these folk albums and these, you know, uh, you know, laden with banjos, and now they're playing pop music, yeah, with guitars, you know, and and how different that is as a sound. Like and it and it gets it just it kind of just kicks people into gear a bit so they they don't get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I I can see that and I can dig it from a 
sort of a tactical point of view. Um, this album, I don't think was so. And it's going to sound like I'm bashing on YouTube, but YouTube does that kind of thing, right? Where it's like very, they're kind of, even John was saying that they're kind of cognizant about like where the sound is and how they want to keep being fresh about it. Uh, I personally don't like that about them because they kind of appropriate a bunch of stuff that other bands are doing and they haven't, to my mind, um, created new avenues to themselves. I don't think that Nebraska was like, um, just to prove that you could do Nebraska. Nebraska was literally like, he was going to take it to the E Street Band and he, then he realized that he had, so he wrote most of Nebraska, he wrote all of Nebraska and most of the next album, Born to the USA, like in the same time. And Nebraska really is a demo album. Like, we'll get to it in a bit, but there's like repeated lyrics across a bunch of songs and you can't tell if, Maybe he was going to merge stories or something. You know what I mean? Like it feels like a little bit of a rough work in progress at times. So I don't think it was necessarily calculated. Um, this was more of an accident for that to happen. Yeah, I think it was more like a like a serendipity. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. this is good. I don't want to touch it. Let's just get it out, and then I'll go make my next. Like the next album that he puts out is Born in the USA. You know, like he doesn't double down on this. Like I'm a effectively angsty folk singer. Um, he, the very next song that comes out out of Nebraska is born in the USA on the born in the USA album. And it's his ass in front of the American flag. Like it's, I swear, <laughs> it's you like, know what I mean? Like when you think that was merely an intermission, you know? <laughs> well, yeah. Like you've heard Nebraska and then like, can you imagine the next one is like born in the USA? Yeah. Which is the song, right? Like that's the yeah. song that at least I know in the most for. Yeah, and but if you listen to that song in the context of having listened to Nebraska, uh, you can tell it was written at the same time. Right. But Born in the USA got the E Street Band treatment. Like, badass, like, oh, man, it's like just when it kicks, it's so good. Uh, but Nebraska got the, the bear to the bones treatment, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like um, like Tom Waits used to be like a lounge crooner kind of guy. Not crooner, but... You know, uh, his first couple of albums were sort of loungy. Um, and then, you know, Swordfish, Trombones, and Rain Dogs comes out, and he's a totally different guy. Um, Neil Young had a bunch of stuff like that. Uh, like, the, you know, there's Harvest, and then, but eventually he's doing Russ Never Sleeps uh, and inspiring the grunge, you know, generation. Um, you know, famously Bob Dylan broke out like an electric guitar and everybody was like, that's not faux. And yeah. no, but it's awesome. <laughs> so, so that worked. you know what I mean? Like, I think it was one of those things. It wasn't necessarily, I, and all of these people, when they did it, they were pretty successful. So I think it was less about chasing a market or like trying to prove something. And the music business is very different these days from like the seventies and eighties when, when I'm talking about it. But I think it was less about trying to prove something and more about um, just where they where they were in themselves. Um, Radiohead did a similar thing. OK Computer kind of did like a little bit of it. Like it was, you could tell that they were going to move. But by the time you got to Kid A, which I know you just did an episode on recently. Mm-hmm. Was it Kid A? Yeah. Yeah, it was Kid A. Well, because it's Insomniac too, which is similar. It's the next one, I think. Anyway, yeah, what it, like you, you could tell that, I mean, they just went their own way. 
And I don't think that that was a reaction to be like, well, we're not just the rock and roll band. I think they just did it because that's what they, that's what they had in them, you know? Should we talk about the tracks? Let's go. The opener of it was great and it was extra great for me because I was surprised by it. It's just like a harmonica, you know? Like it's just Springsteen and his harmonica. And obviously this is where I first recognized that what I was listening to at least wasn't what I expected, or at least the first song was, right? Because I don't know what the rest of the album's going to be like. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is an interesting way to open it. I'm so glad you um, never heard this album before. I, I'd, no, I'd never heard of it, let alone oh. heard it, you know? Like, I'd, ne- yeah. I'd never crossed into my mind for, for whatever reason. Um, like to, I think to kind of put it in perspective, I used to work with a girl who'd spent a little bit of time in America, and she was a huge Springsteen fan, mm-hmm. um, and everyone at the office thought she was crazy. Like, Springsteen is just not I- extremely popular in the UK, I don't think. Like, no. amongst just the general masses like i'm sure that there are a ton of springsteen fans throughout the country but he doesn't seem to to his music doesn't really seem to be that popular at least with my generation mm-hmm. um and it, it may be more popular with my generation in america you know yeah um, that that makes sense i mean and it is it is like crystallized americana in a lot of ways right so that yeah. doesn't necessarily play well with your tea sipping I'm actually I'm actually I was born in England, so <laughs> Yeah, well, you can say it, you're allowed. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I don't like your tea sipping crumpet eating Yep. Weenie version of rock and roll. You and your exactly. Beatles. Uh-huh. Just Zeppelin. that that and little bit. Zeppelin and all of that. Like. <laughs> all those failures we put out. Yeah. <laughs> but then the second song, um, Atlantic City, yeah. is great, but for me, like it has more energy to it. Um, and my my note that I have here uh, is that I'm suddenly wondering why I've never really listened to much Springsteen. Well, so so Nebraska is about it's and boldly it's written in the first person, but it's about serial killer who went on a killing spree with his girlfriend, uh, Charles Starkweather. I was and by the end of the song, he just, it's its really like the natural born killers thing, which is why I really didn't like that movie, because uh, it was done far better, far earlier by <laughs> by Bruce Springsteen. Like, the, it didn't glorify anything, but it was horrific. Like, he, he's hes basically at the end of his rope. They're at the, there's like no hope for them, right? Mm-hmm. And just to have some fun, which is basically one of the lyrics, uh, they just start going on a killing spree. And when they finally capture him and they're going to kill him, he's like, okay, well, just make sure that my girlfriend's on my lap when you flip on the electric chair. It's, And I'm not doing it justice because it's sung in a sort of... How do you describe it? It's It's kind of in a... It's not in a sad tone necessarily, but it is very, very dark. It haunted me. Yeah, well, and I think that's probably the way it's probably the way you would want it to be, right? Because if I didn't catch the theme, right? Because I haven't listened to it enough yet. I don't think for it to really sink in, like the words to really sink in. Right. But I just knew that there was something about it, the way that it was coming across, the way the harmonica was used, that was kind of chilling in its beautifulness. Yeah. 
It's, yeah, it's, it, haunting is a perfect word. And then you go into Atlantic City, which I guarantee you, you've heard before, uh, on the radio. I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure I have. Yeah. Well, cause it's, the, it's kind of the hit from this album. Right. Which is kind of funny. Like they, <laughs> I but think, there was a hit. I think people were like, uh, we have no idea what to do. So whatever, they took Atlantic City. Uh, <laughs> um, we're going to have to pick one of them. <laughs> right, but it's great. And it, it is more accessible, but it's about a guy that's going to do a little favor for somebody. And it's kind of wrapped up in the in the mob war of New York and Jersey in the in the 70s. Um, but again, it's a character that it's at the end of his rope. He has no hope. Um, and all he wants to do is do right by his wife and family. I'm not sure if he's got a family, but like he... You know, it's put your makeup on, put your hair pretty, meet me tonight in Atlantic City. Um, but you know, you know that's not going to end well, right? Like he's got this hope that, like, oh, I'm just gonna, it's cool. Like these guys told me, I just got to go do this thing, and then we're gonna have some money, and we're gonna be all out of our problems. And you've seen that movie before, like nothing. That's just horrible. Like nothing good is gonna come out of that. So, two depressing songs in a row. <laughs> what are some of your other favorites, though, on this album? Uh, Highway Patrolman is my favorite. My name is Joe Robert. I work for the state. I'm a sergeant out of Burnville. Barracks number eight. And it's funny because there's another song I think right after Highway Patrolman called "State Trooper." This Which is what I, I loved. Mean, yeah, yeah. State Trooper was my hey favorite. Ho, what is it? Hey ho, hey ho, rock and roll, deliver me from nowhere. That's oh, so good. Yeah, it's got that like driving beat. Yeah, like oh, so many. It was, there was like this building level of tension throughout the song that just appealed to me in a big way. Like it just felt like. It felt like a, a thriller movie, you know, because it was just like some. It just felt I don't know why, but like something's gonna happen here. Yeah, yeah and I really like that one for that reason. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and he's driving by the the lights of the refinery tower, and he's trying to he's dialing in the radio but it's all like gospel music or uh like talk show stuff like oh it's so good um i loved highway patrolman it's just the one where um it's what's his name joel roberts my name is joel roberts and i work for the state i believe is the opening line and he's a highway patrolman and um he tells the story of him and his brother growing up and his brother went to the war and he didn't get accepted for some reason and the war being um vietnam at this time uh, and he didn't get accepted brothers comes back and like he's not the same anymore like he's kind of broken and he causes a lot of trouble uh and so this highway patrolman gets called to um to the scene of a crime basically where his brother has like hit somebody over the head with a glass bottle like they've got him in some kind of altercation and he's effectively killed a guy so he's chasing his brother down the highway. Uh, and 
lets him go when he gets to the, like, he, he's closing in on the Canadian highway and he just pulls over to the side of the road and he just lets his brother leave. Uh, and I'm making it sound so trite, but only if you listen to the song, it's, it's just, it's incredibly well written. It's like, oh, it's so good. It's just so good. Not happy. But no, not happy. <laughs> There's not a lot of happy. Like that. That's because, no. like you know, the the songs that I had the most notes, like the, the songs that I felt enough to note for, were Nebraska, Atlantic City, State Trooper, and My Father's House. Mm-hmm. They were kind of the four songs that really stuck out to me. But my overall kind of note, you know, we touched on this a bunch already. It's just the sadness and pain is just throughout. And like, I, I, I you know, I don't want to oversell it, but. <clears throat> that I don't recall, and I've been doing this a lot recently, right, over the last couple of months, listening mm-hmm. to albums for, the, for my first time ever, right? I've been doing more of that than I ever have before, like these right. albums that people love, and then I listen to them for the first time and, and note my experiences. I think it's the first one where I have came away and was kind of just like, wow. And not because, wow, this is really good, because I've had that a bunch of times, and like mm-hmm. stuff that I've now found that I really enjoy, but like, it was kind of like, wow, I don't think I've ever been as emotionally affected from listening to an album for the first time as that one did. Like, I was just sitting there. And even when it was on, like, I, you know, there, there, I would go in and out, like, parts of it I'd really be concentrating on, parts of it I'd be taking notes or, like, you know, I, I was listening to it whilst working as well. Mm-hmm. And But even then, just in the background, I could feel it. I could just feel it. It's, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because that that's what I wanted. Like, uh, why is this my, why am I saying that this is my favorite album? It is an album. Like you can't take a couple of songs here and there. Like you need to listen to this as a, as a piece. Um, lyrics, excuse me, lyrics get repeated across a bunch of songs. Um, Hey Ho Rock and Roll, Deliver Me From Nowhere gets repeated in at least like two or three songs that I remember. Uh, there's like a common theme. Uh, of motion, pretty much everything's in motion. We're driving down the highways. But it's always fruitless motion. Like it's always this running away from something that is, that you can't outrun. Um, it's even like, um, used cars is kind of like that. Uh, where he's just, um, he basically, his dad buys another used car and he's all bummed out and his, like, he swears to himself that, like, when he's, when he grows up, he's never going to buy a used car. But it's like this really kind of sad and depressing kind of, I don't know why I keep saying sad and depressing. I want people to listen to this album. I really do. Cause I don't think you necessarily come away feeling sad and depressed. I think you come away feeling, um, emotionally attached to the stories or to the, to the feeling of the, of the people that were involved. And that's what I mean about him being such a good songwriter. Um, you don't necessarily need all of the context of like how America was in the eighties to be able to kind of like the early eighties to be able to kind of get what happened. You could put it on. And by the time it's finished, feel that you'd just heard a complete work and had it, you, you know, like have it registered emotionally with you. 
Okay, guys, there's still one more song that I actually really want to talk to you about. Uh, but before I go ahead and do that, let me just take a moment to thank Squarespace for sponsoring this week's episode. You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com and you want to use the code INQUISITIVE at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed no matter what your skill level is, no matter how much coding you know. With their intuitive and easy-to-use tools, it's super simple to build a website that looks and feels exactly how you want. All of Squarespace's websites are powered by their great layout system where you can drag and drop elements around the pages to make it look as you like. And they're also all styled with their fantastic templates, which all feature responsive design. And they have great editors as well, so you can go in and change some stuff like colors and fonts and some of the design options that you want to use on your website. Squarespace powers all of their sites with state-of-the-art technology and ensures security and stability, which is why they are trusted by millions of people all around the world world. Squarespace have 24-7 support with live chat and email. They have teams located in New York, Dublin and Portland who are there to help you if you ever need it. And with their commerce platform, you can add a store to your Squarespace site to sell physical or digital goods if you like. We sell physical goods in our Relay FM store, which is hosted by Squarespace. They have their cover page functionality. You can build great looking single page websites. These can be really great for announcements and personal events if you want. They also have rock solid fast hosting and so much more. They have their dev platform as well, so it's out of beta now and if you want to add even more functionality to your site and you want to dig into the code you can actually do that if you want to but you don't have to squarespace plans start at just eight dollars a month and if you sign up for a year you'll also get a free domain name you can start a free trial right now with no credit card required and start building your website today by going to squarespace.com when you decide to sign up make sure that you use the offer code inquisitive at checkout to get 10 percent off your first purchase and to support this show squarespace build it beautiful so my father's house um, is another one that really got me. Right. Uh, and again, it's just one that was, it felt maybe more, if it, you could even say that, like more stripped back, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it just felt really plain. Um, like a lot, basically the majority of this album is just Springsteen, a harmonica and a guitar that sounds like it's in the next room. Yeah, with that crummy, uh, crummy four-track will do it to you. Yeah. And it, there's, you know, it was just his voice, like the sadness in his voice is like an instrument of its own. I think. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Make it home through the forest Before the darkness falls I heard the wind rustling through the trees. You know, it just sounds like he's he's doing acoustic a cappella versions of songs, but these are just the songs, which makes so much sense. Now I know what I know about it from what you've told me, right? right? That what this was, that's what it was. <laughs> exactly. That's. I think if you set out to make this album a be like an acoustic thing. I think it, it would have ruined be like it. This. It yeah. would not be like this. This was literally him in his bedroom noodling around, and he got a bunch of stuff that he ended up liking. Like if he tried to pair this back, there would be some drums. Maybe, maybe something would have a, maybe uh, not Highway Patrolman. What's the other one? Uh, the one that you like, the racing down the highway one. Uh, State Trooper. State Trooper. Maybe uh, you know, Clemens Clements would have uh, kicked in with some sax on that. But it wasn't that. It was. 
the least you could possibly do. And my father's house really is like like the bare it's just the bare bones of a song, right? It's almost I don't want to say a poem because there's music there, but it it's really stripped bare to the to the essentials of what it takes to sort of communicate what he wants to say. What do you like about it? About my father's house. Yeah. Assuming you liked it, or like, what did you note about it? I should say, because it's funny. Because for like a lot of the songs on this album, like, oh yeah, I love that. I really that's really excites me, and it's depressing. <laughs> like, it's always a sad story kind of thing. Um, but you, I think you do come away feeling richer. Uh, so, what did you take away from my father's house? Again, like it's difficult because I don't know if I can say specifically like what it was i just know that this was one where the the sadness hit me more than others and maybe you know it maybe it was tricked by the title you know Mm -hmm. because it it's first person and my father's house is very kind of yeah sad feeling right it feels like somebody's died yeah well so he goes back to his father's house after years to sort of make amends with his old man and mm-hmm. like it's not he doesn't live there anymore. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah. That was probably H- that line you that say got that. You. like when he, he yeah. knocks on the door and somebody opens the door and is like, Sorry, nobody by that name lives here anymore. And he's always like And he doesn't even he, that's the economy of the songwriting. He doesn't tell you uh how the character feels or how in the first person how he feels. It's just like you get it. Like you don't you don't need to be told. You just, you just get kind of crushed and like, oh god, basically that he's lost touch with his dad at this point, so like forever. Do you have any more songs that you want to talk about specifically? Um, I kind of like the last song on the album, "Reason to Believe," because it's a bit of a trick. <laughs> it's pretty depressing too. What I want to speak about more is that I want people to who have otherwise maybe written off Bruce Springsteen as like just another sort of eighties pop rock and roll band. There's a reason they call him the boss. And his songwriting is I don't want to say second to none, because there's a lot of great songwriters out there. Um but it's you know, it's on the level of like you know, Elvis Elvis Costello or I mean name it. Like he is sharp and he can he can put an al- out an album like this of that makes you just connect and feel so emotional that it's, it, it should not be ignored. And once you've heard this album, uh, go and listen to, uh, Bruce Springsteen live 1975 to 1985. It's on Apple music. So you can just go listen to it. Uh, and which is a massive cross section of his catalog. Uh, and it's amazing. And the guy, he's such a great showman. Like he'll, if you listen to, um, the river, like an amazing song, uh, there's like a five minute intro story about, um, when he was drafted to go to the Vietnam War. And one of the things, and the, and, and his relationship with his father about in that, um, and one of the amazing things, and frankly, the horrific things is that you could listen to the stories that are told on Nebraska and frankly through most of his catalog. And they are just as true today as they are as they were back in 1982. Um, like veterans returning that are basically 
in desperate situations is a recurring theme on this album. Uh, and that's just as true, sadly, today as, as it was then. Um, and it's kind of like, it's like a timeless slice of America, which is amazing. Like I, I, like these albums make me want to wave the flag and just hug an American. Um, not cause it's all, not cause I think they need a hug, but just cause like, that's, that's the America I love. You know, I don't necessarily love the, the jingoistic flag waving, um, uh, oh, what's the thing now? Um, not remarkable. Like a unique, you know, they, they take this whole idea that they're super special. Uh, I like the human side of it a lot. And Bruce Springsteen captures for at least his slice of the audience it better than anybody, anybody else did. Do you tend to be somebody who's drawn like more to lyrics or music? Uh, probably both. Right. Probably both. Um, I like a lot of Tom Waits stuff and he is again, like he's another incredibly great songwriter. Uh, except sometimes when I can't understand what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> Cause I haven't, I don't know what a swordfish trombone is, but I love that album. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um, I think they work in harmony. Uh, like, I mean, that sounds like a trite thing to say, but like when they work well together, um, that really captures me. I mean, I'm sure there's instances on this album. I can't think of any, but, um, where the music kind of conveys more than what's actually being said. Uh, like a lot of this is storytelling and, a lot of the music is almost a score for the storytelling in some ways. So I don't know if I can answer that question. Um, lyrics are not a joke for me. I, I really, really pay attention to lyrics. Careful writing is, is essential to me. And Bruce is like an amazingly concise writer. Like there's no cute turns or phrases in any of these songs, right? Like it's yep. just, it's like, very basic, like maybe five word sentences, and it's just put together meticulously. Do you like to sing, guy? Um, no. <laughs> I don't <laughs> really. Do, I don't. I don't really do karaoke or anything. But like, do you sing at home, like when there's no one there? What I do, and and this really annoys people that I've had to work with, like when I had a real job and worked in an office. Uh, I I drum with my fingers constantly. Right. Uh, so yeah, uh, like state trooper, like going down the highway thing. Like I, I can't stop my hands from drumming to that. Cause a lot of what I do is like, I, you know, you type stuff and then I think about it or I think what I'm going to type uh, as I'm programming. So your uh, hands are still active. My hands are, <laughs> my hands are free. <laughs> and they're, doing, to, they're doing the typing on the desk. Right? Yeah. They're really like, they're just banging away. I've had to train myself out of it cause Hey, it would used to really annoy office mates. Uh, used to wear uh, like a, a ring uh, so that I would take it off and then play with it rather than like like just tap yep. stuff like randomly, you know? And I've had to train myself out of it, especially as I do these 
like talking talking to the mic it's like that's yeah i would be going crazy at you right now oh yeah you would kill me (laughs) and you should it'd be like i can't like it's unusable like just stop um but yeah no i don't like to sing is that is that a common question i hadn't noticed you ask that if other people i've a couple of times is that because you found this particularly lyrical well, I I tend to ask it most of the people that seem to really care about lyrics because I'm interested to try and understand if there is a correlation there. And at the moment, that seems like my hypothesis is incorrect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because I love to sing uh, and I really, really love lyrics. And I'd always assume that those two things go hand in hand, but it seems like that's not the case. I think you probably find... Yeah, that's so that's not the case for me. Um, right. Because a lot of the time, I don't necessarily want to put my... When I, if you're singing, I feel that you're subsuming the role of the character in the song. And I don't really want to do that, you know, a lot of times. Um, I think there's probably, or maybe, and this is, again, my hypothesis, which is probably as equally just randomly, you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to say that it's arbitrary without knocking your <laughs> hypothesis. But... uh it could be there's a connection between people who um, like to read or write a lot and lyrics. Because I, I think you find the, the economy and the repetitive. Like you have to, if you listen to this album, like there's a few lines that just kept getting reused between a bunch of different songs. And to me, that knits it all together. And also serves to kind of cement it as a bit of a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Like I think of it, this had gone on to be like a rock and roll album. Like some of these would have got dropped and stuff would have got maneuvered around, right? Uh, but he didn't do it. So. Are you proud of this album choice, guy? Yeah, I had a lot of second thoughts in it. Um, I really did, and this sounds like a like a jerk thing to say, but I wanted to pick an album that I really wanted people to hear. Um, because I wanted to kind of this is not an opportunity that comes up very often, right? Like how often do I get in, you know, in the context that people may hear this, like a number of people will hear it. Um, and I kind of wanted to make a responsible choice. Um, there's a bunch of albums that I love, uh, that I also want people to listen to. Like, like we said at the top, the Velvet Underground one, I, people, somebody should talk about that. Um, there's, I, I'm a huge Elvis Costello fan. Like huge this use model, I want everybody to listen to the this use model. It's it's amazing. But this one I felt was um first of all, Bruce Springsteen is an amazing singer songwriter and he deserves to be where he is. Um but at the same time, I don't want to say maligned, but he's but he's often possibly dismissed as um being jingoistic or trite or like simple and he's not it's he's an incredibly great songwriter and while i could have suggested any number of other albums that that are equally um well written i think this is the album where you can't hide from it like it's it's it forces itself upon you and it's that it's bare bones and you kind of have to listen to if not every single word his ability to make you feel 